Welcome to SolkanaCast, two broads talking broadly about health, the physical, the emotional, the nitty-gritty, and the fun. Real thoughts on real health. The information provided within this podcast is not designed to and does not provide medical advice, professional diagnosis, opinion, treatment, or services to you or any other individual and is intended for general information for educational purposes only. Welcome to Soulconicast episode 37, the CrossFit Open. I'm one of your hosts, Hannah Whitevin, owner of Soulcona CrossFit, Soulcona Wellness, Soulcona Fitness, Soulcona Endurance, Soulcona What? Oh man, adding to the list. Every week, I'm Lucia Holly, nutritional therapy practitioner. Running my practice out of Sulcana Wellness. You did it. You made it through words. <laughs> it's tough. How's your week been? My week has been so good. It's been super relaxing. Um, my boo is visiting me. I he feel like I hear that every episode now. I know. He's here again. How Time flies. He's got those frequent flyer mills, huh? Uh, uh, kind of. One of his brothers works for United, oh, okay. which has helped in the past, although now he's not on that buddy pass anymore. Mm. Um, he had a harrowing experience. Experience. I thought it was harrowing. He was like, "Whatever, it's fine." Um, one of the second leg of his flight out here on Monday was canceled, so he ended up driving 14 hours. Wow. From Denver, uh, instead of flying because the next flight out would have been Wednesday, and that's just not cool. Mm-mm. So you know what though? A nice 14-hour drive by yourself. You can just zone. <laughs> you and can kind of learn about yourself. Yeah. Listen to some podcasts. <laughs> I've been there. Yeah. We've all we've all been there. Mm-hmm. I did that drive once, and I split it with a friend, and we ate a lot of peach gummy rings, which Doy. was like great in the moment. And then twenty minutes later, it's like time for round fifteen. I feel like crap. Yeah, your stomach starts to really like kind of cramp. <laughs> yeah, like crumble. <laughs> yeah. How was your week? Oh, you know, fine. I've been. Uh, on the essential you for two weeks now. Yay! Congrats. Yeah. Snaps. Although last night I really wanted chocolate and wine because I watched The Bachelor and mm. and this just I have like now that I've drink I usually drink a glass of rosé when I watch the episode. <laughs> so now it's like just my body's expectation that I'm gonna have a right. glass of rosé. Yeah. So. You nope. could do on the essential you. You can do um, a glass of kombucha. It's not any. It's not a rosé, but it could maybe get you a little drunk if you drink enough. Be a little fun. Um, also, <laughs> no one else can will enjoy this. But Hannah, I have like six bottles of kombucha in the fridge over in the kitchen. You do? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, we can pop some for the episode right <laughs> excuse now. Excuse me. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go quickly get one of those. You should. So just edit this part out or put in, put in wait music. Muzak. Muzak. Taj Q the Muzak. Okay, we're back. We're back with a sample of sugar cookie kombucha. Yeah. Now tell me how do you make sugar cookie kombucha? Sugar cookie kombucha is made by finding and purchasing herbal tea bags called sugar cookie flavor. <laughs> and then you stick them in your second ferment of your kombucha and hope wow. for the best. It turned out pretty good. Well, let's see if we can hear the pop of the top. Oh, God. Ooh. No. <laughs> a little minimal. No, I could hear it. It's good. <laughs> Yeah. 
Yep. Let's see. That's really good. You like it? I do. Oh, yay. It doesn't taste like a sugar cookie, but it doesn't matter. No. You know why, though? I have a very distinct um, idea of what a sugar cookie tastes you like. You are a connoisseur of cookies. I am a connoisseur of cookies, but this is really good. I'm actually going to um, pour myself a little glass, too. Mm. You know? Mm. Wow, it's almost like you're drinking rosé because there is no doubt in my mind that I will be drunk by the end of this episode on kombucha. <laughs> you didn't get the same, like, pop, like, pff. there we go. Hope we didn't make anybody just have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> Hope you're not in the car. So this is the sweetest thing I've had in two weeks. Mm -hmm. mm. Although I did, um, I did go to breakfast with a friend and um, when I was eating, I had an omelet and there was something on the side and I like dipped my fork in to try, cause I thought it was ketchup <laughs> and it was jam. Oh, oh wow. So I had a little bit of jam. Sure. But you know, that happens. Um, my newest rounds of Essential You are going right now and they're in their first week of the nutritional challenge part of the program. And someone just posted today in our group, um, Facebook, Facebook group about how they're like, oh no, I encountered like some sugar. I feel so bad. Like I'm feeling guilty. It's like, no, no, no. This is a great learning experience just to yeah. see. It's like it is everywhere and it can be, it can look like ketchup. Yeah. Ketchup also has sugar in it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and yeah, even... Even organic ketchup. Oh, totally. It has organic sugar. Yeah. Um, but I was just like, you know what? That's fine. Like, I tried a little bit. It felt really tangy and delicious. And I yeah. was like, mmm. Totally. And compared <laughs> to eating, like compared to what I was doing right before, I started Essential You, which was birthday month, month extravaganza, <laughs> which was like cake multiple times a week and cookies like every day. Mm -hmm. Or like a, f a like sugary latte. Uh, a little bit of a knife full of jam is not going to hurt me. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. That's an awesome yeah. way to be getting in a sweet taste. Yeah, if anything, my body is probably like, hey, I can pretty much metabolize this instantly now. Yeah. Thank you. I'm getting filled up with all these other good nutrients. Mm -hmm. It's coming in with a tasty omelet. So we're getting in those fats, getting in those proteins, a little bit of sugar. That's cool. Yeah. That's real cool. So. Well, great work. Glad you're doing that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I'm just uh, lifting weights and jamming out in the open workouts. Yeah. Did my second one. And I'll tell you what, I have not been doing much CrossFit. So mm. it's kind of been a rude awakening to my body to do CrossFit at that intensity just on Fridays yeah. for the open. But it's okay. Well, because you've had a pretty strenuous lifting. Yeah, I've just been weightlifting schedule. All, like all the time. And, and like a lot, like a lot. Yeah, it's like two-hour sessions. Yeah, like five days a week six days a week five days a week yeah. yeah and on the sixth and seventh day she rests <laughs> <laughs> and i mobilize good but i don't have time for like uh, yeah i just haven't been having time for adding a crossfit workout in plus i just don't i can't mm -hmm. i'm too hungry i'm too tired and it's a different pathway yep. yeah so and some of the workouts that some of the lifting that my coach has been having me do feels like CrossFit sometimes, so because you're fun. like having to move so quickly. Yeah, and I'm it. out of breath. I'm like, oh, it's exhausting. Sure. Doing mini reps or whatever. Yeah. So, anywho, mm. but you've been doing the open. So, do you want to just give a brief overview for I what will. the open is for, for me, anyone? Give you a little history. Who doesn't know? Give you a little history. CrossFit has been holding the the CrossFit Games since 2007. Mm -hmm. 
And the games used to happen, like, out on the Dave Castro Ranch in California. Oh, I didn't know that. I think it's his parents' property, or maybe he owns it. I don't know. But it was, like, you could just go. Anyone. Well, yeah. Like, you could sign up to be part of it. At the time, there was not that many CrossFit people Mm. participating, and I think they also invited folks as well. But 2007, there were so few people who were doing CrossFit and who actually, like, cared about it in that way. Or, or wanted to be good at it. In that way. Yeah. <laughs> I like that you phrase it that in way. In that way. In that way. In that way where you'd want to compete in it. And there was no like such thing as local competition. So it was like mm-hmm. that was the the competition that people signed up to do. Yeah. And I have no idea if it cost money or what it was like. But there are some great, hilarious videos from those early days on YouTube if you mm. want to look them up. You could specifically look up 2009 CrossFit Games Snatch Ladder. If you want a real hoot of a video, because nobody knew how to snatch then, Uh, especially, oh no, you're going to look it up? It's real bad. I'm looking it up right now. Yeah. 2009? Yeah, the 2009 ones are on there. But so back then it was like the average snatch for a woman was like 95 pounds. Wow. That's, yeah, that's very different. Yeah. And for men, it was like 135 pounds. And now the average snatch for a games athlete for a woman is like 165 and for men is probably 225 or more there's first of all the the opening of the video is like 20 minutes of just like talking about warming up and then uh you get into it and you start to see the athletes taking attempts and we're looking right now i'm looking at an athlete who's taking an attempt at 115 pounds and she just kind of like throws it into the air and totally misses it yeah and you can see also they're wearing like new balance tennis shoes and they're wearing like whatever they had they're wearing just like normal gym clothes that you would see (laughs) ouch (laughs) it was like 100 pounds can you believe this 100 pounds 120 pounds that's really it's really interesting to see yeah oh man it's so bad it just shows how much this has changed yes and how rapidly um i mean how elite the athletes are yes. now so these athletes like if you look at these videos from like 2009 or or earlier it, they're harder to find from earlier because it just wasn't first of all youtube was still like brand new right <laughs> uh in 2007 and also just there wasn't they weren't even thinking about it in the long term they weren't thinking about it being something that was gonna take off in that way right so if you look at some of those videos, you see that people aren't even, they don't look like athletes that you would see now in the slightest. Yeah. They're not like cut. They're just like normal. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's kind of fun to watch that because you you can say to yourself, well, I'm better than that. <laughs> and so that's great. That's good for me. A self-esteem boost. Yeah. Yeah. But so the games themselves started in 2007 at the ranch. And it used to just be like you could sign up and come or you could um, be invited to come. People would come watch, but not really, it wasn't really like anything special then. Mm-hmm. There certainly was not going to be on um, on ESPN sure. or anything like that. And then in 2011, they started to, uh, in 2010, Annie Thorstetter was like the second place uh, in the games. I think that Camille, oh, who won that, that, that year? 2010, Kristen Clever won that year. Mm-hmm. And so, and it's funny because if you read the names from, like, 2007, the winners, James Fitzgerald and Jolie Gentry, you're like, who? Yeah. It doesn't ring a bell. Right. Um, 
But so 2010, when Kristen Clever won and Annie Thorsetter got second place, people started to like think a little bit more about the games. They were like, oh, that's interesting. You know, who are these people and what are they up to? And mm. um, they started, people were looking a little more stronger than everybody else. And they started to do a little bit of crazier stuff. And they were looking better, like, at what they were actually doing. Yeah. And then in 2011 is the first time they did the Open to actually have people have to qualify. Right. For the games. And that was the first year that we saw Rich Froning as the winner and mm. Annie Thorsetter as the winner. So that year, in 2011, they started this open process. And basically the process is that they release five different workouts. And anyone can participate. They sign up online. And you participate. Um, it's announced on Thursday night. It used to be announced on Wednesdays at 5. Oh. And they used to give you a much longer time to do them. Like you had until the next week, Wednesday, at 5 to submit. Easy breezy. Yeah. And there was no, like, judging process back then either. There was nobody who had to be a certified judge in your gym. Mm. You could just have somebody watch you do the workout and then and then submit your score online. Um, and there just weren't that many people participating. Um you know, it was like in the tens of thousands versus now. It's like in the hundreds and hundreds of thousands. Yeah. Were you doing CrossFit at that time? Uh, yeah, I did. I started in 2010. Okay. So January 2010. Do you remember doing that? I did the first 2011 Open. Mm. Yes. <laughs> it's so funny. Funny. Um, in 2011, it says 26,000 athletes signed up for the Open. Okay. So that's a pretty small number considering <laughs> now. Um, in 2016... 175 countries were represented. Jeez. And there were 325,000 people signed up. That is just like, it's monumental. Yeah. So I'm sure this year it's even far beyond that. Yeah. But um, I don't have those numbers in front of me. So that's a big change, big growth. So um, in those 26,000 people basically submitted their scores online and then they had large regions and they would send like 100 people to the regionals mm. and then they would dissect it from there. Now it's only 20 people to each region and so it's a more elite kind of thing yeah and the workouts are released on thursday night gyms can complete them anywhere between um any anywhere between that thursday night announcement and the following monday night mm. um and then you submit your score and then you wait for the next week and see what's going to happen right and do five workouts and the top people will get selected to go to regionals and then the top five from regionals will go on to the games it's such a process now. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's a process to the point where it's like, you know, people are, are actually legitimately professional athletes right? Uh, for CrossFit, and they do this. This is their season. So they're in season now. It's, a, it's something that they train for. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. So normal people <laughs> might see the Open as an opportunity to uh, – uh, so normal people might see that the open as sort of a final test of your year, like mm -hmm. uh, like an exam on how well you kind of got your stuff together yeah. that year in a way to measure from the year before. Right. Professional CrossFit athletes see it as like the midterm review. <laughs> oh. Because their, their final goal is right. the games. Right, right. And is winning the games and, yeah. or doing as best as you can. So they're seeing a much longer haul process. This They train through and in the open versus they might, like, you know, more specify their training for for uh, the games or even regionals. Yeah. For the open, they're just doing their, like, normal CrossFit training up to that. Mm. And uh, they train right through the open. They use the open as one of their workouts from the week, do the best they can. They probably rest on Thursday maybe a little bit. And they sometimes repeat those workouts two or three times. Wow. Mm -hmm. Ooh. 
Yep. So what is it like for you as a coach having to navigate? Like, I Yeah, that's a little tricky. It's yeah. a little tricky because uh, for a few reasons. Leading up to the Open, I know that I, I know that people want to participate. Even if we, like, we don't sign up online. Nobody in our gym signs up online. Not, I shouldn't say nobody. About five people did sure. this year. Yeah. But we don't sign up. All, all 75 people that are participating mm-hmm. in our, like, open challenge are not signed up online. Mostly because we actually adjust the workouts when they come out. So that we ha- keep the RX standards the same. And we may keep the scale standards the same. But we also add in a middle category for yeah. people who need more of a challenge but not quite as much as RX. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, last week one of the workouts had – Muscle-ups, and instead of muscle-ups, the alternative uh, for the scaled athletes was pull-ups. Well, we have a lot of athletes that can't do pull-ups, so we actually made uh, one that was a jumping pull-up instead. (laughs) Which I find to be brutal. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. Oh, jumping pull-ups. They're a brutal leg exercise, too. And, like, I just run out of breath really easily. Yep. Yeah. So... Ours is just a little bit different how we approach it. But I do know that everybody wants to do well. And in order to do well, they have to have a certain set of skills. Yeah. They have to be able to kip. They have to be able to do kipping pull-ups, mm. kipping um, toes-to-bar, chest-to-bar, and muscle-ups in order to feel like they're at the top of their game in the open. Or yeah. they want to be able to work on those things leading up to it. So it's not a surprise. And I want that for them, too, because yeah. uh, the worst thing that could happen is that people will get injured during the open because they're pushing mm-hmm. at a skill that they haven't practiced. Right. And I don't want that. I know we're probably going to see handstand push-ups every year. Mm-hmm. We're probably going to see rowing. We're always going to see burpees. We may see thrusters, um, clean and jerk, snatch, double unders, box jumps of some sort. Mm. Those are always there. They always show up. We've and seen. then sometimes, and then recently, in the last couple of years, we've seen a lot of lunges. Yeah. So those are things that we have to think about. Mm-hmm. How is that going to look? And what can we do to prepare people who are close to being prepared or who are completely unprepared? Right. And then you also, in the gym, what's really fun, and I'm someone who's participating in the Open, too, is that you do it with a team. So you're accountable to yourself, sure, but also to these other people on your team. Yeah. And we do that mostly because the open, like, competition in general can be very intimidating for people. Yeah. And they may not even want to do it for themselves. But if they're on a team, then they'll see the benefit of it. They're more likely to try and succeed than they would be if they were just totally on their own. Yeah. The other part that's tricky is learning how to program around the fact that you don't know what the workout is for the week. So, you know, how do you schedule your week not knowing what Friday is going to look like mm-hmm. or Saturday? Because I can't program Saturday without knowing what Friday is going to be. Right. Uh, so basically what I do is program the heaviest day is Monday. Mm-hmm. And it's a big it's a big skill. So it's like some squat or deadlift skill. Something that's like a an overall heavy movement. That's the heaviest day of the week. Mm-hmm. Then the next two days, they're like Metcons that include all the skills that we would likely need without anything that's too much to fry the hands because that's where people <laughs> get the most is when their hands are like bleeding during the open. That's Aww, not good. No. And then Thursday is just active recovery. Friday, it's whatever it is. And then Saturday is something that's completely the opposite of that. Right, right. So it's a little tricky because it, it definitely adds some hours to my Thursday night. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Well, and I would also think to your Sunday night and or Monday when then you're collecting all the scores yes. from everyone. That's... Luckily, I have a friend in 
in help this year. Marika <laughs> is doing so much of the work. Shout out to Marika. Yes, I'm so thankful for that <laughs> because really gathering all the scores for each individual and then learning, practicing how to weight them each time is like so time consuming. Yeah. And so she's been really doing that a lot this year, which has been incredibly helpful. Cool. But I think the thing that, like, I, when I think about the Open, the thing I always try to tell athletes is that it's an opportunity, but it's not the end. It's not the end of everything. So it's an opportunity to, like, test your fitness, you know, in comparison to elite athletes in your gym or elite athletes nationally or locally or whatever. Yeah. Just to see, you know, what you can do and what you're capable of. It's also a chance to just push yourself harder and mm-hmm. just find your edge in a new way. Mm-hmm. And it's a chance to be on a team and, like, you know, cheer someone on yeah. and learn what it's like for someone to look at you when you're working out. Mm-hmm. But it's not a, it's not what defines whether or not you are like a strong person. Right. So sure. I think if you approach it that way, you you end up with a lot more fun. If you approach it like if I don't do this RX, it's pointless. Or if I don't do it perfectly, it's pointless. Then it ends up being very stressful. Yeah. If you're just so. going into a negative or putting all all this pressure on yourself. Yeah. 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 It's tough to compete with that. Yeah. And there are a lot of people, I think, naturally in CrossFit that are competitive with themselves. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, what? Like, for myself, for example, last year was the first year I ever did the CrossFit Open 100% RX. Mm. So, like, my first year, oh, man. The first year of the Open, one of the workouts had a 105-pound clean and jerk. <laughs> yeah, and I couldn't do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. My cleaning jerk at the time was like 85 pounds or something like that. Yeah. And, or maybe it was 95. I just couldn't do it. I yeah. tried so hard. It was five minutes, mm. as many reps as you can of a 105 pound cleaning jerk. Damn. And it had to be full clean and jerk. I tried so hard. I tried so many times and my knee kept hitting the floor. Like I just missed. I couldn't get the clean. And I remember Kirsty was next to me and she got like three mm-hmm. or something like that. And I was amazed at her <laughs> ability. Yeah. Um, and then, this past year in 2016, we retested that workout and I got 22 reps. Hell yeah. Clean and jerk in five <laughs> minutes at 105. So it's just like, then that the nice thing about it is that you can use those workouts to actually just test yeah. time and time again. Like they're benchmarks. Yeah. Like, like all the other CrossFit benchmark workouts, but it's, it brings you exactly back to that moment in time because someone was counting for you. Your memory for it is so much stronger. Your sense of it was so much mm. stronger. You can remember exactly how it felt to try that the first time versus like doing Helen on a random day in the gym. Yeah. Um, when you do those those open workouts, you remember like what the, what it smelled like. You know what you were wearing. You know <laughs> yep. who was counting for you. Yep. So, but last year was the first year I did all RX and this year I'm not doing it all RX. Mm. So last year I put like a lot of priority on it in my head because I really wanted to make sure I got muscle ups in the workouts and I did it. Mm. And this year my goals have just changed. Right. It's a nice way to measure, but it's also like, you know, it's just something for fun. Yeah. So for most of us. Right, right. There are some people who want to compete in it and that's awesome. It's really cool. Yeah. But there's very few people that are going to go to the games. And so I'd like to say that Hannah is having another glass of the sugar cookie. Pouring myself. I'm emptying the bottle, actually. Thank you. I have so much leftover kombucha. So this is the best that now I have one fewer bottle to try and (sighs) give to people. Mm -hmm. I'll take some home. Yeah. Do you bring the bottle back to you, please? So 
So that's what, yeah, that's what I think about when I think about the open. Mm-hmm. The, fir- the first thing I think about is it's not worth getting hurt in the open. It's not worth it. Yeah. Um, if you're underprepared, don't try to, like, overachieve. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If you're well prepared for the thing you're going to do, like, you've done a thousand toes to the bar in the last month because your coach has made you so many times. <laughs> what? Then do toes to the bar in the workout. Yeah. But if, for example, you have yet to get to even attempt, truly attempt a muscle up, don't attempt the first one in the workout. Mm-hmm. If you've attempted a bunch and you haven't gotten one yet, fine. Go ahead and attempt one in the workout. Right. If you've gotten some, sometimes definitely try. Um, but it so it's a, it's cool because it, you could get your first one. Then you might get your first toast bar. You might get your first true yeah. depth uh, squat or lunge. But if you haven't practiced it ever leading up to that moment, it also could put you at it in a certain in a certain disadvantage. Right. For health. Right. So. Might not be the time. Never take yourself too seriously when you work out. Yeah. That's, that's can really nice it. to hear from a coach who yeah. runs a gym. And, owns a <laughs> <laughs> and from someone who also takes themselves too seriously when they work out sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Speaking from experience. Yeah. yeah. When I miss a lift and I'm just like throwing things around the room. <laughs> like it doesn't help me. It doesn't yeah. make you better. It doesn't make you stronger. It does not make you more capable of doing the thing that you're doing. Right. It just makes you more mad at yourself for missing. Oh, that so feeling. let it go. Let it go. <laughs> Yeah. What, what about you, Lucia? What do you think about the Open? I think the Open, well, again, as someone who's participating in it and as someone who identifies more as a butterfly than a bee in the gym for anyone who has read Hannah's blog post that I know lots of people identify with, either being a butterfly or a bee, I am a butterfly. So the accountability of being on a team is huge for me to get in and to get kind of amped about the workout. Yep. Um, I definitely have nervous energy <laughs> on Thursday night when I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, now I got it. Now I know what it's going to be. Oh, yeah. I get all pumped up. Yeah, you get like, super ooh. pumped up. But then I love that. Then being able to like text with everyone and be like, hey, ooh, yep. more dumbbells. What? Or like yeah. lunges. Oh, ew. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I don't take myself seriously in those workouts. It's really just doing them. Um, I'm not someone who maybe next year I could be attempting that scaled plus possibly. Yep. But this year I'm strictly scaled. And even with that. Strictly scaled. You need a t-shirt that says that. (laughs) Um, Even with that, it's, yeah, it's just doing it and pushing myself in the moment. Yeah. But not feeling like, oh, man, 17.1 was really tough. Now I have to really do it in 17.2. Right. Just like, oh, God, (laughs) I'll get through it. Well, I'll get through it. Exactly. It's just another day in the gym, but it's a little more fun because you wear a costume. Yeah. (laughs) I will say I get a little, I I think the most pressure is counting for your partner, Mm -hmm. especially if you're the person who went first and your brain like my brain dislodges when I work out I'm in some other land so to come back to reality and be like let me count for someone and be watching someone for that amount of time whew, that's where my that's where the pressure is yeah you're like, <laughs> you better not mess this up because that person does not want to do one extra rep no no and like because you know what it would feel like if you accidentally had to do one extra rep yeah. I would not like that I want someone to be watching me and doing it well although else I will say like Sometimes you do an extra rep and you just kind of do an extra rep and you move on with you your do. life. Totally. totally. <laughs> I think Spencer wrote a great blog post about that, like yeah. how he did 15 extra burpees in 17.1. He was yeah. like, well, that's what I did. And that's how it goes. Totally. And I think that goes back to what you were saying about not taking yourself too seriously. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely had a couple extra toes to bar in the last one because I got a couple of no reps. Oh. But you know. That's also a factor of the My open. toes didn't touch the bar. They were like a, 
a hair away, mm-hmm. you know, a breeze away. I could feel that. Oh. <laughs> it's like he called me out and I was totally, yeah, I was totally off point. Damn it, but it's true. I know, exactly. <laughs> um, my other main thing with the open is just having people prepare themselves from a nutritional standpoint. Doi, right? But um, Emma and I did a workshop a couple of weeks ago where I was talking about different how to conceptualize different macronutrients and what to be eating, protein, carbs, and fat-wise. And then Emma talked a lot about um, mobility and how to stretch yourself out before, but especially after the workouts, which was super cool because that's we got to play around with a lot of those different mobility tools and toys. Yeah. Um, anyway, so with the macros side of thing, the, what I really tried to focus on for people was saying, like, this isn't a time to be – trying to attain some body composition goal. Whether you're like massing and bulking, or if you're someone who's cutting weight, which I think a lot of people are trying to do, um, either being upfront with it or kind of on the sly and stealth. With the open, you're trying to get a lot of power, whether Mm -hmm. it's like a 12 minute workout or a 20 minute workout, whatever has been programmed. So with that, thinking about those macronutrients, carbohydrates give us our quick energy. Um, so thinking about loading up on those carbohydrates before your workout, getting in some quicker, more easy to digest, more readily digested carbohydrates. Like oatmeal. <laughs> Even oatmeal, I would say, would be kind of moderate, right? Okay. There, there can like be some fiber. Banana? Banana, yeah. Different fruit, banana, coconut water, um, maybe even some dried fruit or... White rice would be even a little bit faster because there's okay. less of that fiber. Mm-hmm. Yeah, something that's not going to sit in your stomach. Right. Right. If you had a big, if I had a big bowl of hot oatmeal, I feel a little sludgy, <laughs> unless it was like two hours beforehand. Yeah. But we're thinking about getting in um, around like a serving or two of a quicker carbohydrate. I would say within 45 minutes to a half hour of that workout, and then blazing through it, feeling awesome, then recovering yes. because guess what the open is not just one workout and then you're done you have to recover right. ideally you're still sticking to your structure of your other workouts throughout the week and then you're coming up to that next friday or saturday whenever you're doing the open um five times in a row right yep. so it's something we need to keep up for five weeks yes so strategizing what are my quicker carbohydrates that are coming in prior to the workout and then what are my either quick or just general sources of carbohydrates that are coming in after the workout to be replenishing those muscle glycogen stores, mm-hmm. helping us to recover and not feel super sore, not feel super creaky. Yeah, creaky, no good. No good. There are other strategies, like I, you and I talk a lot about magnesium, oh. Oh. whether you're taking an Epsom salt bath or using magnesium spray oil. Or both. Or both, or you're taking it as a supplement. Or all three. <laughs> that's what I do. I just live in magnesium. Yeah. Hey, that's a great place to be living. Yeah. I, I like to live in magnesium, too. Um, last thing about carbohydrates is it's, it's interesting seeing, and I'm kind of, I dip my toes in to, like, the diets that, like, CrossFit athletes who are doing, like, the open what they're eating. I think a lot of them do RP strength. Yes. Which is Renaissance periodization. They have different templates. Or they, they do team, one-on-one team coaching. Team WAG. Team Working against gravity. Okay. Actually, I don't know that one. Oh, there you go. Got to do more research. So 
RP strength is great. Eat to perform great. Different people talking about different macronutrients for power, for strength, for body composition, all that jazz. Um, sometimes with those programs, what can happen is that people just start to look at the grams of the macronutrients and they stop thinking about the nutrient quality right. or if those, especially right now, carbohydrates are actually providing any nutrients. Yes. Like so the flexible dieting lifestyle guy on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. He's like, today we made six donuts and each of them only has one gram of carbohydrates <laughs> and they're made with like all protein powder. And yeah. you're like, all you're eating is protein powder. You're never going to poop. Yeah. And it's baked protein powder. So what has that done to the structure of the protein? I, I don't, don't know. know. Does it taste okay? Eat one every drinking once in a while. Water? But, yeah. yeah. Don't rely on this. So, um, yeah, you know, you could you could have 30 grams of coconut water. You could have 30 grams of a Rice Krispie bar. Both would be giving you 30 grams of carbohydrate in this mm-hmm. example, but what else are they giving you? Or you could have 30 grams of sweet potato. Maybe that's Ooh. something that you wouldn't have before a workout, but especially after. What else is in sweet potatoes? A lot of vitamins, a lot of minerals. There's fiber, there's water, right? You're eating a fresh food. All these other things that guess what? End of the day, we are, um, we're multifaceted and our health is multifaceted. Yes, and it's are. really easy to boil down health and nutrition into black and white, like protocols mm-hmm. and structures. I just say, just do this and you'll do fine. Just do that and you'll do fine. This is what this food gives you. This is what that food gives you. Right. It's like nutritionalism. Okay. If we step back, foods give us a lot of different things and we want to be choosing foods that give us the most things. Yes. 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 So that's what I want to see is if you are doing low calorie or if you're doing low carb or if you're just, you know, trying to hack your body with food, maybe just stop that on the days (laughs) that you're working out. in general. Yeah. Or, you know, there's a place for that for sure. So like no shaming for that, but just recognizing if your goal is to work an open or is to rock an open workout you got to fuel yourself for that. Yeah. And then you got to fuel your recovery so you can do it four more times. Yes, absolutely. That's what I want to see. By the time this episode comes out, there's two more workouts. Oh. 17.4 and 17.5. So if you're listening. If you're listening, you already know what 17.3 was. Yeah. And we're proud of you for that. <laughs> we and can are. you tell us? Can you call us and tell us <laughs> now? Can time you call travel. us on Monday and tell us today what it what it is mm-hmm, mm-hmm. could you please can you we would like to know i'd like to know now because <laughs> i really have a lot of work to do tonight when it does come out yeah you know what else sucks is thursday is usually a very social night mm. people are always like come to this come to this and i'm like i can't for five weeks i just can't Aww. i have to be at home like Aww. waiting to figure out what the workout is ah uh, coach life uh, ah. So. great yeah well what an app yeah. what a cool little app love yeah. this uh if if you have had some experiences in the open that you want to share uh, you can share them with us on our Twitter account at Solcana Podcast, or you can share it with us on Facebook. Sure can. Uh, at our Solcana Cast page, which is facebook.com slash Cast. Yeah. Um, share with us, with us there and answer this question. What is something you've done during the workout, the open workouts that you never expected to do or you never thought you could do otherwise? That's our challenge for you. That's our challenge for you. I love that. Yeah. So uh, catch us there. Uh, you can subscribe to us on iTunes or and you Stitcher can, on St- or in Stitcher, you can mm-hmm. find us on our home base, which is Noise Picnic. Then check out all the other podcasts there. There's so many funny ones. They're really and good. They're very funny. <laughs> 
they're all very funny funny we're the only they're one funny that's people. like yeah hey we're trying to be slightly informative <laughs> uh, everyone oh, no. else is just pure funny and you should definitely listen to their podcast yeah for sure uh thank you to taj who is as always the snuggliest bear that you had in your bed when you were growing up. Aww. 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 Check us next week for a longer episode about all sorts of things. <laughs> You'll never know what. You'll never you know. tune in. Yeah, you better tune in. Okay? Okay. We're watching you. you. See you next week on Sulconicast. We're watching you. Bye. Sulconicast is produced by Taj Ruler. Subscribe on iTunes or visit sulconicast.libsyn.com. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N dot com for full episode information. You can also visit our website at sulcanafitness.com to stay up to date on everything health and fitness. Join in on the conversation over on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Sulcana CrossFit. See you there.